Good afternoon. Welcome to the LMP Science Event Forum show. Paul, I've stopped saying podcast. It's one extra syllable. And we've just done a podcast. <laughs> well, whatever makes it easier for you, Ben, that's fine by me. Well, no, Paul, I've just learnt this week that every second counts. So I reckon that's going to save us some seconds over time. And this will become relevant when we introduce our guest today, won't it? Very true. Very true. <laughs> so... Well, another great week, Paul. More delays. Schools now not open until March 8th at the earliest. It's all going swimmingly, as always, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Along with the fact that Glastonbury's got cancelled and uh, numerous other things. And now people are kicking off, I think, the most hilarious one, which I'll probably get criticised for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't really care, is the fact that people are criticising the adult industries uh, such as your strip joints and that, because they've received funding and other hospitality things and events venues haven't. The government have given money to the strip joints and everything quicker than they have. So you can see where the, uh, obviously, the ministers and MPs' minds are right now, can't you? <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And that, that brings us, that voice in the corner there, uh, who, who's laughing at that story as well, uh, brings us to our guest today. I've just done four amazing sessions of uh, improvements of business skills, of how to how to tighten up on things and how to get the most out of what we achieve. Paul, you've been with this guy for quite a while now. I'll let you introduce the man himself and what your experiences are. Yeah, I, I blimey, me and Peter go way back is the best way to describe it. I, I first met Peter, uh, it would have been start of 2004. Um, and we, we've known each other for a very long time. Uh, so he's an excellent author. He's written a number of books, which I'm sure he'll, he'll talk about as well. Um, but most recently, he's very well known for um, starting up an organisation called The Family Business Practice. So to tell us more about it, we have our special guest this week is Mr. Peter Roper. Hey guys, thank you for that. There you go. Sorry, I'm still laughing about the strip joints getting the money. To <laughs> Brilliant, Pete. I'll make it up, can you? Well, you well, can't. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, well, thanks for having me on, but, uh, lads. It's it's good of you, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to to just share some ideas. I guess. Yeah, that's why we've got you on here, Pete. Is obviously to uh, increase people's knowledge and to obviously make them aware of what you offer. So, the family business practice. Fair to say you're a little bit quirky. Um, you've got certain uh, traits that, that people don't forget. So, Pete, from the top, you tell us your story and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll listen to it. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, Ben, I could talk about me for hours and I don't want to bore everyone to death, but I've been, I've been doing uh, business consulting or business development consulting all my life for 64 now, so 40 odd years. Corporate, corporate career till 40, ran my own business. We've had three, um, currently have three family businesses of our own. Six uh, bit years ago, I was fed up with people not taking family businesses seriously in my mind. So I started a family business practice. I got 35 people in a room in the West Midlands and said, why don't we get together, share best practice, knowledge, information, education. They all said, Peter, if you do it, we'll support you. I'm driving home with my wife, Annie, and she said, what have you done this time? And I said, I think I've started a membership organisation. And that is the truth. That's how it started. Um, uh, but the, the serious part of that was that, you know, that good people know good people. The whole idea was to, to learn from each other uh, and develop each other and, and, of course, network well together. And, and that's how we kicked off. 
Uh, and we, we are different in that we don't, uh, you know, we don't work like networking organisations. That's not a criticism of those at all. It's just, with, you know, it's not what our members wanted because we're member built. Because I asked the members, what do you want? They said, we don't want 60 second presentations. We don't want single seat policies. We don't want to be told to, 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 to uh, give referrals. We want to do things uh, in a relaxed way. And we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do what we think is right. And, and so we said, okay, that's what we'll do. So that, uh, so that you know, the practices manifesto uh, is very much about providing um, a good place to have a conversation with, um, to provide excellent education. Uh, and to network well effectively and, that, and, and that's what we do and up to March of last year we had about 150 members we were having uh, five locations a month across the West Midlands 70 odd events a year um, and then Covid hit you know so uh, what do we do then uh, what we've done is we've developed a complete online solution there uh, where we you know we run uh, all our online events are free we brought a virtual membership in, which costs next to nothing, 72 quid a year. Uh, we will have run 51 events by the end of April already for this year, and we're looking at 150 events in total this year. And so we, you know, we completely moved the business into a different uh, uh, platform, and we've got people joining us at the moment every day. Literally, the last 11 days, somebody new has joined us every day. Um, so we must be doing something right, I guess. So that's kind of where we are. Well, everybody's doing something right to move forward at the moment, aren't they? You know, and it's quite a fortunate position to be in if you are moving forward. So uh, we'll come back to the number 72 because that's quite a key uh, to your, your history, isn't it, Pete? So uh, yeah. do tell us about because £72 is not it's not only, not only 72 and the £72 to join. How long are your meetings, Pete? And then explain what the number 72. All oh, right. OK, well, that's easy. Uh, every um, Zoom event is 72 minutes long. So everything we do is 72. It's based around 72 minutes, 72 minutes long. Uh, there is two reasons for that. Paul knows me from old, from, you know, you know, I've, got, you know I've had a long speaking career in authorage and all the rest of it. So I was very used to standing in front of groups of people. Uh, what if I've spoken from over half a million people over the years. Um, and I know an audience you can only hold really 60 or 70 minutes on the outside is, is about as long as you're going to do. On, on Zoom or the equivalent, it's a lot harder to do that. So I knew that we should say to everybody, our sessions will never be more than about 70 minutes long. And I decided to make it memorable by, by using the number 72. And the second reason for that was the fact that's my old motor racing number and it was my lucky number. So we put the two together and the family said, Dad, that's a great idea. And that's why we did it. And people remember it. You know, people say, oh, I've been to that 72 minute thing. And they go, oh, it's, it's, it's Peter Roper, isn't it? So, so it's, a, it's a bit of fun. The serious <laughs> intent is, we don't go on boring forever where everybody's falling asleep on a Zoom call because you just can't handle it, can you? Let's face it. So we're about uh, inf uh, um, informative, fast, punchy, get to the point, but in a relaxed way, if that makes sense, you know. Um, and and it's, it's good fun. And so we said, right, we'll do 72 with everything. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, an audience is falling asleep is why me and Paul have guests on here, so they'd have to listen to us just driving on every now and then. <laughs> and one thing I've noticed, Paul, today is that when I put Pete on full screen uh, for the purpose of, of the recording, I turn into very orange. I feel like an ex-American president at times, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but so, anyway, back, back to the serious conversation to give our audience some, some hints and tips. You're in the, Pete, it's right in saying that you're in the position where you, you actually are at an event, but you're also educating a lot of people about event skills, aren't you? Which we've experienced over the past couple of weeks with you. Um, in the leadership of management uh, skills. Tell us about that side of the business. 
Well, um, you know, uh, when we develop the practice, the whole idea of it is not just that we get together and network, et cetera. We are a business development practice. So we put a, not only a series of events on where people can connect or people can learn from each other, uh, we've also got some development programs. Now, fortunately, some of those are funded uh, uh, and some of those are, you know, low investment, high return programs. So the one we've just run, you know, was fully funded and uh, which is great and had a qualification at the end of it, a formal qualification. Uh, and, um, you know, we geared the program for business skills because at the minute business skills is, it, it, it is what everybody needs in their business. We always need them. But it's a, it's a very timely reminder because life's different. So our skill set, all our experience needs to be you know, there. But also we've got to be open to the fact we perhaps need some more or different or revised skills to deal with what we're doing with at the moment. Because let's face it, it's different. So therefore, it's, it's fair enough that perhaps you need to look at some things in a different way. So the programme that both of you have been on together with, you know, with the rest of the delegates was looking at business skills and looking at different ways, like the difference of selling of relational to transactional selling or how you talk with people, how you get on with people, how you create teams in a different environment. Um, and those teams can be the team that you work with, you know, if you, if you have a team or the team which is your clients or the team which is your suppliers. Because right now we're all in need of working as a team. We need to collaborate as much as we can because there's, we're seeing so many times, um, show I dare I say in the press, where people aren't collaborating. And right now we, that's what we need to do. We need to keep together, work together, uh, you know, to get where, to where we need to get to, you know. Yeah. And of course, I did mention time at the start. We're cutting it down from podcast to show. But time is a very key element of yours, isn't it, Peter? You've, you've, you've certainly drilled that into us over the past four, uh, four uh, lessons. That was a major key. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know, I'm, yeah, I'm 64 years old. As you get older, you start, you know, you start remembering the things you were told as a kid by your parents and grandparents. You know, when you get older you're, oh, and all that stuff. But the truth is right now, uh, people's time is very different. You know, we're all working, you know, the vast majority are working at home, or if you are working in an office, you're dealing with people at home. You've got all that stuff going on. You've got homeschooling going on. You've got grandparents trying to help out with, with grand, you know, grandkids and stuff. So your time is more precious than ever. Uh, and, and so therefore, you know, I, I just ask questions and I make suggestions to you about what can you do to make the most of the seconds you've got so that you can have a life outside of whatever you're doing with your business. Because you know what it's like running your own business. It becomes all encompassing if you're not careful. And you need time for you, especially at the minute. You really do. Uh, we had a great presentation from Neil Lloyd from FBC Mambi Bowdler as one of our key members this morning at one of our Connect sessions. And he talked about how they managed to keep their 200 people together. Uh, and they put all sorts of things in place to try and help the staff have their own time and their own space, especially when they're, you know, you're home, if you're homeschooling at the minute and trying to run a business, it ain't easy. It's not easy for anybody. You know, we've got our kids trying to do that with our grandkids. It's not easy at all. Now, I'm definitely a, a, an advocate for that, Pete. It's not easy. Uh, and the printer's taking some ammo in as well. So uh, it's adding to costs as well as, as time. Paul, yeah. um, Paul, you've you just been on the, the, the four-session course with, with myself. Uh, and I know you've done a lot more with Peter. Um, you've taken a lot from the, the four sessions, haven't you? Even though you've known Peter for 17 years. Oh, yeah. Pete's taught me a lot over 17 years. There's, there's always, and I think this is the thing, because, I mean, it, when Peter first started the practice, going back a few years ago, 
uh, as he said, with the sessions that he's doing this year, they're all very focused on how to. So how to do this so people are going to learn stuff. But one of the main key points was the whole, um, there's three key points of no like, and trust, filling the fridge, sleeping at night. Now, for those who don't know what that's about, go check out Peter's website and it will explain stuff. But I learned a lot from that. And uh, I won't go into it. I won't go into it because it's a good plug to say, get Peter's latest book. But there's a whole chapter uh, that um, I wrote about the fact not being able to sleep at night because of business worries and how things have changed. And there's loads of other contributors to that book. And just just that alone, you could learn a lot that would change your life. Um, because there's things that we just take as given or we just do and just assume that's because we have to do it. And that's not always the case. If you look at it from a different angle, it changes things massively. Yeah, it does. It does. It's as uh, you're always learning. I think, you know, you always need to learn. You always need to move forward. Anyway, I'm a great believer in self-development. Uh, and certainly Pete's course has, has brought new things to, to me. And, and the, the great thing was, uh, you obviously attract, you, you know, you, you, are, you attract who you attract. Uh, and Pete attracted three events, people on the same, and who all clicked and made it very enjoyable uh, and things like that. So I think we've all learned from each other as well. But of course, the structure has to be there from the course. Pete, what, what's your biggest, uh, what's your biggest pleasure at these courses? Because you're teaching people. Is it seeing the way they, they behave, the way they react, the way they, they change over them? The period. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I I, I love people dropping me an email or, or a quick phone call or, or Zoom. Bless us on Zoom, um, where people have, you know that they made a difference. You know, I I've been successful, in, and I you know I was published best-selling author in twelve hours with my co-author in two thousand six, but I lost the lot in two thousand and seven. So the fancy house and cars became a two two day rented semi cottage and a ten year old Astra called Rocky. Great motor, you know, my daughter had it, all right? And we had to build back up again. So, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not the yippee, I'm a business guru. Um, you know, we've rebuilt our business over a number of years and we've worked damn hard to do that. Uh, and I, you know, I, I, we, we know what it's like when, we, when times are tough. We, the, the whole thing about an empty fridge is that, you know, when we started again, our fridge was truly empty. And so, you know, uh, you know, and right now, somebody listening to this might have a pretty damn empty fridge. And, you know, I understand, I do truly understand it. So I, the three, those are the three keys of the practice, which is fill the fridge, sleep at night, work with people, you know, like and trust. In other words, work and work with good people, good people. The thing when people come to the practice, they say, oh, they're really good people, aren't they? Really nice people. And that's because we only want to attract good people and nice people, you know, Um uh, there are a lot of people outside of this world that you'd rather not deal with because they're the ones that don't give you the opportunity to sleep at night. And at the minute, it is about pulling together. So that, you know, the practice is doing that currently. And that's why it's expanding. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm proud of more than anything else, I suppose. The book that Paul was talking about was 20 people inside it. I'm proud of that book because of what they did, not of what I did. Uh, that's it. There it is, holding up. It's a family business. Great book. There you go, and Paul is on the front cover. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that, that, I, I yeah. was going to get it then. I'll put my hand over that bit, yeah, so you yeah, don't see right. it. Yeah. Uh, and, and Pete, um, let's not give it away because we need people to come on your course, but you have a word for the people you don't want to work with, don't you? But we'll leave it at that. We won't go into the word specifically. Uh, they I have to come on your very course. to say it, but he, he very yeah. kind of went round it. 
Yeah. He wanted yeah, to yeah. say knobs, but there you go. Oh, Paul. Right. Oh, no. No, no, no. Fine. I can take the flack. I normally get it from Ben. So if I, if I say it, then you don't get any of the flack, Peter. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it did. And I think the key for me is, and I think it made the course relatable, is that you've done there and experienced it. And that is the key for me. Whenever anybody's teaching, they have to experience it themselves. So, so full marks to you for that, Pete. And it's been a great few weeks. Thank you. Um, no, it's, been, it's been my absolute pleasure. Now, uh, what, I, what I want to go into now is the events industry, uh, really uh, um, tie into the events industry. Obviously, Pete, you've you, you've run a course. You've took it online very quickly. Uh, me and Paul are going to be honest. We're going to get back in the outdoors. Uh, and get back to the events safely. Of course, we always we always um, recognise it needs to be safely. What's your opinion on it at the moment? Honestly, yeah, yeah to be honest, I think we've got a long road yet. That's my 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 viewpoint. I, I really do. I think I think there's a, a number of critical factors. I think whatever your politics are, because I don't want to get into politics at all. Okay. Um, I think I think the current team of people who are who are getting the jab out to everybody are doing an unbelievable job. They really are. Uh, but even so, it's going to take a considerable time because it's just so it's sixty odd million, isn't it? For crying out loud, and you've got to do it twice. So, uh, you know, the, the best will in the world. And you know, they probably uh, said today that by the end of March, they'll have all 50-year-olds and upwards done, which, which is an incredible result. It's fantastic. But until everybody's jabbed, I don't see how you can have confidence for people to go to an event. Because what will happen, I think, is that some events will happen, but there'll be a whole lot of people who go, I'll wait, thanks. I think the whole thing with Zoom as well, from a business perspective, has made people realise, we were discussing this this morning, that far less people will go to events. I think when they do go, they'll be bigger, stronger, you know, mean more. People will go because they want to be there. They won't go because they think they ought to, because they'll think twice about it. Uh, excuse me, Ben, you were saying about the fact that, you know, that, that perhaps you'd go and meet people in the past, you'd rather do a Zoom call and then meet people. So I think that affects the whole industry. Um, and I think what will happen is that some people will do their damnedest to get some events out and good luck to them for doing it. But really, properly, it's, to me, it's next year. Yeah, I don't yeah. see it. I see, I see stuff building, but properly, it's next year. Yeah, we, we, I think I think me and Paul are pretty much the same. The problem is that the people we need at the events are the people that are going to be last to be vaccinated, uh, and yeah. that's just who we've got, of course. Um, you know, yeah. but, but as you say, it's certainly that that conversation. It's a health conversation, and we don't want anyone to take any risks at all. But it is the, the, certainly uh, with camps and opinions of people. And obviously, you're from, from you've already said your age range, Pete, and that's you know you're going to be jabbed a lot earlier than me and Paul, and you're you're still a bit skeptical. So. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the reason why I am is just that I think people will hold back. And, 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 you know, there's, I think some people will be desperate to get in a room and say hello and you know, shake hands and all the rest of it. Uh, but I think there'll be others that will be reticent. I also think the financial guys will say, do we really need an event at the minute? Because they're, you know, they're the ones that hold the purse strings, particularly larger corporates. Uh, and they'll have to be persuaded and it, because they're all going to take a big hit. The majority of them are taking a big hit. So, again, it, it, you know, they'll, they'll tend to squirrel the money away in corporate and say, right, we'll hold it for next year and, and, and hang over. So that's why I think it will – you know, I'd love to be wrong. You know, I would absolutely love to be wrong so that everybody says we've got events on the go and, and then we'd start thinking about running some events again. But 
I, I just don't see the confidence level will happen quickly because you've got to get everybody uh, to a, a level playing field. And, and although they're doing an incredible job, and I, I just can't emphasise that enough, the teams of people who are doing this are unbelievable. We've got one of our members uh, who uh, 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 is in Brum, uh, uh, has got a nursing background, done some training, is in Brum uh, this week. As she puts it, stabbing people all day. <laughs> but they're phenomenal. My, my brother's just been, I've been uh, done it in Lincolnshire. Unbelievable how fast they were. But it's a lot of people. <laughs> you can't, you can't get around it. So, um, you know, I, I'd love to be right. I just think it's going to take a decent length of time yeah, before we build, and I think it'll build slowly. And then I think what'll happen, and there'll be this, you know, bush where everybody want to get into an event. I think Christmas will be an interesting thing. We spoke about this last week, and and the thing is, Pete, is that September is that is that seems to be the point of of, of tipping point of jabs being done. So I, we can see business yeah. events, we can see business exhibitions and events coming back towards September. But we do feel, and I'm I, I'm talking out of term. I say last week, Paul, we discussed we're fearful for the, for the summer season, and the problem then, of course, you're in October Fest and Christmas when you really do need distancing to be. Yeah. Uh, priority and we're back into that element so it, yeah, I think you're right I think 2022 is going to be massive but we've just got to see through 2021 and we all hope it comes back soon so um, absolutely yeah yeah but I think that leads quite nicely into the news roundup but I'm not going to go straight to Paul I'm going to take a bit of the flat because Paul I posted in the group there's another local event gone the 90s revival uh, into yeah, yeah. And, and that's not on the scale of Glastonbury that's two or three thousand if we're cancelling events for Two or three thousand for four, four or five months away. Does that reflect on the what we just spoke about? Um, yes and no, because I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that ties in beautifully what I wanted to talk about. Because we literally posted a new story today from organisers of other festivals that are kind of between your figure of two, three thousand and one hundred forty-seven thousand, like Glastonbury's, saying they are feeling confident that, that it will happen. Um, some of them are quite big uh, names. There's Festival Republic who put on things like Reading and Leeds. Reading and Leeds put a statement out uh, saying, yeah, Glastonbury may have cancelled, but we're still going ahead, which is interesting. So there's some that are saying they're still doing it. I get why Glastonbury have done what they've done. We know from a couple of weeks ago, and we mentioned this on the last podcast, that they said if they don't go ahead, they will go bankrupt. Well, they found a way to basically cancel it now to basically stop the damage so they will be around for 2022 and I think that's a reasonable decision I don't think anybody would hold that against them that'd be a, you know why why would you hold out to then just go bankrupt rather have Glastonbury come back the following year um so I it's very up and down realistically do I think a lot of festivals are going to happen no because if you ain't got the vaccine you ain't going or they ain't going to let you go. I don't know. It's still too early to say what, what the, the rules are going to be and because they could change the rules any minute, as we know, as we've seen. Um, just, just on that, Paul, before you carry, carry on, the worrying thing for me now is that people are saying they asked last year to keep the deposits, so the £50 deposits that people yeah. have paid. The problem is now they're asking again, how long do you keep asking to keep the deposits? And when people start asking for deposits back, does that then cause the cash crisis that we, we fear? Well, I, I get the feeling with Glastonbury, it was a £50 deposit. They said, if you're happy to keep the deposit, us to keep the deposit, we will, and hang it over to 2022. 
However, they have quite openly said, if you want that money back, you can have it. So they're obviously in a position that they could do that. They fought this through. Yeah, that's probably why they've called it early. But like yeah, you say, but Leeds... Are... Because if they'd left it to a few months, they would have had to take in a lot more money, not just deposits. They would have had to take the rest of the money in. And then if they end up refunding that, that is going to be far more damaging. But Leeds and Reading, would you buy a ticket? I haven't been to Leeds and Reading since... I. I I religiously went every year from 1997 to 2012. And I stopped going in 2012 because it was basically the same bloody headliners every year. I'd seen them about three times round. I think there was only one year in the last 10 years where I was like, oh, I wish I'd, wish I'd gone to that. Um, would I buy a ticket? Probably not, but that's my own personal thing. If it had a load of bands that I, I loved and I could go, I probably would, but... I've got tickets for other shows that were postponed last year and I want to get my hands on some tickets for another show because that particular person that's performing is not performing in Birmingham. They're only performing in Manchester and London. So I might buy those tickets knowing that that's probably not going to happen because it's in June. So hopefully go to that show next year. Interesting. Interesting to see fighting with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you, you've got your own conflicts going on there. You can see it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you back, go. Back, back to the news roundup, Paul. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. Final, final thing. Uh, final thing. Also reported today. Um, very again, just like the festival industry, mixed thing with the expo industry. Um, they've just announced four big, uh, sort of for the industrial industry, four big expos that are coming to the NEC in July. They've started advertising them. But in the same day, and it's funny, Peter mentioned this about would the finance people run their conferences and that for the second year on the trot, Accountex, which is one of the world's biggest accounting expos, has now been cancelled outright for the second time in a year. So um, you can see that there's, again, mixed feelings. Some expos are saying they're going ahead. Some expos are like, nah, let's just leave it till next year. Very, very guess- mixed, mixed reviews on it. I'm guessing the numbers have been crunched on that expo. <laughs> I reckon so. <laughs> You'd hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Zero right. week, ladies and gentlemen. Available for parties, funerals, and bar mitzvahs. But only up to 30 people when we're. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Pete, thank you very much for joining us. Your experience is valuable. Wait, how can people get hold of you? Uh, easy. You can find me on LinkedIn and email all the rest of it. Familybusinesspractice.com. That, that finds us as practice with a C, familybusinesspractice.com. Uh, if people want me, they can obviously ask Paul or yourself, you know, you can easily steer towards me. Um, uh, and, and love to have a chat with you. You know, we've got lots of people joining us. We'd love to see some more good people. Brilliant. Thanks, thanks Pete, for today. It's really interesting. Uh, thanks to everybody out there. Thank thanks, you. everybody out there. Please keep safe. Please keep safe. Please keep positive. Paul, as always, sir, you've been the best co host of the day. Thank you. I I live up to that (laughs) honour. Over and out.